I, like you, am a parent in the throes of trying to work out how best to manage the imminent challenge of getting my two children back to school this week. One is excited about seeing friends and meeting her new teacher, with some anxiety that she's forgotten everything she's ever learnt. The other is a reluctant teenager, about to begin A-levels after navigating the no-exams GCSE chaos, who's just realised he has a piece of work to complete as a summer project with two days to do it in. Sound familiar? If so, I'm going to share with you some ideas to help you feel more prepared and therefore more able to support your child or teenager to experience as smooth a start to the new academic year as possible. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. This is episode three of Better Brain, Better You where we're helping you to cultivate a healthy brain and build better mental well-being at every stage of life. Thank you for joining me. From wherever you're listening, it's good to have you here. I'm Dr Zoe Webb. I'm a clinical psychologist who specialises in working with children, teenagers and parents. And I'm here to share with you some of my thoughts and ideas on ways in which you can support your child or teenager back into the school at what must be the most challenging start to a new academic year ever. Before we get started, I just wanted to let you know that we have a free guide that you can access on parenting teenagers, which can be found on ologyonlinecourses.com forward slash parentteens. This has loads more information and advice to help you understand your child or teenager better and to experience a better relationship with them. If you're watching on YouTube, I'll pin the link in the comments below. For my daughter and many children and teenagers like her, The imminent return to school will bring with it excitement and purpose. They'll be looking forward to reconnecting with friends and they may enjoy the structure and routine that's offered to them once again. For others, however, the experience will feel daunting and anxiety-provoking and the challenge will be experienced with trepidation and fear. For the past six months, all they've been hearing about is how dangerous the world is and their brains will have adapted to that. They'll become what we call hypervigilant to threats that are around them. And this means that their brains are noticing lots and lots of smaller details around them that they would normally have been tuning out from. And this is going to make it hard for them to concentrate on other things. We're now telling them that it's now safe to step out once more, but they're facing this with their new brains. They've adapted to the threat that exists around them. So they're going to need some time to adjust and for their brains to feel calm and relaxed once more. Our children and teenagers have been out of school for longer than ever, and they're returning to an environment that looks very different on many levels. They might be returning to school after being uh, there previously, or they may be starting school for the first time. But either way, it's going to look and feel very different for them. They're also returning at a time when there are many aspects of their daily routine at school that are still very uncertain. And so we need to think about this in terms of the anxiety that's going to be provoking for them. We might see this anxiety in terms of them being more irritable or more argumentative with you. We might see it manifest as unsettled sleep or maybe even physical manifestations such as stomach aches or headaches. We also need to think a little bit about our anxiety of parents. This might be in relation to how we feel our child or teenager is going to cope or not cope with making the transition back to school. Or it might actually be making our own transition back into thinking about things like the organisation that comes with getting them to school in the first place, or preparing ourselves emotionally to be separated from our child or teenager after such an extended and intense period of time being all together. 
With all this in mind, I'm going to go through 10 things to help you and your child or teenager make this transition as smooth as possible. The first thing we're going to think about is sleep. Now it's very likely that your child or teenager has changed their sleeping patterns during lockdown, making the thought of getting up at 7am the stuff of nightmares for you and them. We need to recognise this with them. We need to acknowledge that this is going to be hard. And to make it a little bit easier, what we can do is gradually make changes leading up to the new school term starting. We're not going to be able to expect change overnight. Everybody's sleep patterns are different, but what we know about sleep is that we need, ch t we need time to change the patterns that we sleep in. So we need to make sure we're preparing for this in the days or weeks leading up to the new school term. The second thing to think about is the before and after school times of the day. These periods can be highly stressful for all concerned, even in the best of circumstances. And when we're carrying additional anxiety, it's important to think about ways in which we might be able to reduce or manage this stress at these times of the day. The first thing to think about is how do we make mornings as calm and as positive as possible to give everyone the best start to the day. We know that if we start with positive, calm brains, it's going to mean better engagement with the world around us and therefore for our children and teenagers, better and more effective learning when they're at school. We need to think about the fact that our children and teenagers may well have regressed over lockdown. We need to be prepared to do their thinking, at least initially until they're back into things. This might mean that they need more support from us in terms of getting their bags packed or their lunches ready. Um, it may mean that we need to give them a little bit more nurture perhaps, maybe making them breakfast, even if that only means stuffing a piece of warm toast in their hands as they're running out the door. It might also be worth thinking about how do we encourage our children to get to school in active ways. Walking, cycling, those kind of ways of getting to school offers regulation for their brain as well as helping them to wake up. So those things may make our mornings just a little bit less stressful. And then if we think about the after school times, it's going to be important that we make time to check in with our children and teenagers. Be curious with them, be proactive in this. What was it like? Was it what they expected it to be like? Were there any surprises? Did it bring up any worries for them about the school day? We have to remember that our teenagers particularly aren't going to necessarily be that keen to share details with us. So don't push it. If they don't want to, then leave it there. But respect that. It might also be worth holding in mind that our desire for them to talk to us might actually be more about managing our own anxiety so manage, rather than managing theirs. So let's hold that possibility in mind and find other ways of managing our own emotions if we can. The third point I want to make is about being open about what you know. There's going to be uncertainty going back into the school term in terms of whether this is going to be a long-term plan or whether there's going to need to be change again in the coming weeks or months according to government policy and guidance. So share what you know with your children and teenagers but also be honest about what you don't know this is going to help them to build trust in you. We can suggest that we will try and find answers to things that we're unsure about, or if not, not possible, if we don't know the answers, offer them, offer them empathy around how hard it is not knowing or not having the certainty. We know that as adults can be hard, so let's share that with our children and teenagers. By doing that, we're creating connection with them, and this conveys that we understand what their emotional world is like. 
The next point is about validating feelings and finding ways to connect with our children and teenagers. We need to let our child or our teenager know that whatever they're feeling is okay. This may be anxiety or fear, or they may be feeling absolutely fine about it all. What's going to be important is that we validate those feelings and we normalise them. We let them know that it's okay to feel whatever feeling they're having. I guess alongside this, we need to hold in mind that they may be reluctant to share how they're feeling with us. In which, in which case, we can either use hypothetical conversations or share some of our own feelings about the return to provide permission for them to feel the same if they do. You can also model to them how to manage any difficult feelings that you might be having. And in this context as well, it's also important for us to think about finding little ways to connect with our children and teenagers during stressful periods. This might be things like nurturing them through making them some toast or a hot chocolate in the evenings while they adjust to the regime of homework once again. Or maybe even sending them texts to say that you're proud of how well they're handling things. Those little things that allow us to show that we're connected to our children and teenagers can make a big difference, particularly in times of high stress. Next, it might be helpful for us to think about how we help our children and teenagers understand how emotions like anxiety work in our bodies. We, help, we need to help them to find ways of recognising the signs that they may be feeling anxious. So this might be thinking with them about how do you feel anxiety in your body, for example? What are the things that you might notice? Whether that's a churning feeling in your tummy, um, a, a sweating, a heart beating fast. All those ways are, are things that we can do to notice when we're feeling anxious. We also might be able to help them to understand that when we're feeling anxious, our bodies can't tolerate that emotion for too long and it doesn't stay at a peak forever. It does eventually come down when our brain learns that what you fear could happen isn't actually happening. So it might be helpful to help your child to know or your teenager to understand that if they can stay in the situation that's making them feel anxious, their brain will learn this and their anxiety will come down. This helps them to understand the important thing that in the long term, it's better to be able to put yourself in fearful situations and learn that it's okay than to avoid them in the first place because ultimately that's not going to manage their anxiety in the longer term. We also need to hold in mind that behaviour comes from somewhere. All behaviours are driven by something, whether that's a feeling, a thought, a perception, a motivation, a desire, a wish, whatever it might be, our behaviour comes from somewhere. If your child or teenager's behaviour becomes more challenging during the coming weeks, be curious about what their behaviour is communicating to you. And if you're able to work this out, think about how you can tackle that or think about the source rather than getting caught up with the behaviour itself. Start from the position of assuming that you're having to parent um, a child who's anxious or scared rather than a disobedient or defiant one. And this will again help them to feel understood and more open to changing their behaviour if this needs to happen. My next point is about creating consistency and predictability where possible. Experiencing these two things, predictability and consistency, is the most calming thing we can offer our children and teenagers and create safety for them. This is true at any stage of life actually, but where possible if we can make life feel consistent and predictable, um, this is going to help them to feel safer. But we also need to remember to be realistic. We're not going to be able to make everything feel this way and that's okay. 
We are in times when this, perhaps more than anything else, is going to be a challenge for us. So don't beat yourself up if you can't control or make predictable all things. Just focus on the things that you can. Maybe that's meal times. Maybe that's things that you do at the weekends. But those things that you can make predictable and more certain for them will count a lot in times of otherwise great uncertainty. I've touched upon this already, but it's also really important to remember what exercise can do for making us manage difficult times. We know that movement upregulates if we're feeling low, and we know that physical effort downregulates if we're feeling angry or frustrated. So if we're feeling either of those emotions, let's think about the kind of activities that we can do with our children and teenagers to help them to manage those emotions. That might be building things into the daily routine or it might be doing specific activities such as clubs. We need, when we're thinking about all of this, to make sure that we're being kind to ourselves. We need to make sure that we're creating time to think about how we as parents are processing the return to school and the emotions this brings up in you. You might be feeling an immense pressure to get this right for your child and teenager. So be kind to yourself and remember that you're juggling a great deal and well, just like all other parents out there, drop some balls along the way and that's going to be okay. Also, it maybe is worth holding in mind that if your brain is not feeling calm, you're going to struggle to help your child's brain to feel calm. So thinking about ways of self-regulation while they're at school, maybe, if that's possible, so you can be there for them before and after, is going to be really important at this time. And then lastly, remember to work with your child and teenager's school. Communication with schools, whether that's around procedures or policies or their emotional well-being, is going to be more important than ever. Let your child or teenager know that you are communicating with school and have open conversations with them about what you are or not going to be sharing with them. This is going to help them to feel more involved and more empowered in this process. And there you are, some of my thoughts and ideas on how to support your child and teenager in their return to school. If you only manage a few of the above, you'll be doing well. And the fact that you're taking the time to listen to this podcast means that you care about trying to get it right for them in such uncertain times. Praise yourself for this. It's not always easy to do, but remember you're going through this transition too, and that's hard. I'm now off to make toast for my son who's stressing about that piece of work he hasn't started yet. But before I go, just to remind you, we have a free guide that you can access on parenting teenagers, which can be found on ologyonlinecourses.com forward slash parent teens. This has loads more information and advice to help you have a better relationship with your teenager and manage any challenges more effectively. If you're watching this on YouTube, remember I'll pin the link in the, in the comments below. Thanks for listening.